I used to get a loud welcome at one time, eh? <laughs> there we go. And um, thanks, Charlie, for going to Haiti. And uh, Kelly, the Dunfermline Athletic um, kids coach, has uh, just come back with Charlie as well. Some great developments there. So we'll get them up for an interview in the next week or two when Alison's back and get all the stories. But thanks very much. My message today is called The Game Changers. The Game Changers. Alan preached a stonker a couple of weeks ago called Times of Refreshing. And uh, I needed it. I needed the message. I needed the word. And I've been living in it ever since that, was, that message. But um, just a quick, a quick sentence or two about Norway. I was in Norway preaching last week to set this up. And uh, I thought, when I arrived, I thought, if anywhere needs a refreshing, it's Norway, because I was in Stavanger, which is like uh, the equivalent of Aberdeen, oil recession, the weather was, actually, I thought the, the curtains shut all the time, but it was just that dull, it looked like the curtains were shut, it was dull, damp, people came into church, and I thought, will I go for it or not, and I had my best fired up sermon I've had in years, I thought, this is going to do it, called the oil the oil of gladness is your strength, the oil. And so I was getting ready, I walked into church, and a man came up to me, distinguished, great beard, older man, and he looked great. And I said, how are you doing, sir? I've learned you should never speak to anybody before a meeting. But anyway, I said, how are you doing? He said, oh. he said it's been a, an interesting week. My son killed himself on Monday. And I'm still in the oil zone, I'm still in the joy zone, and I was like, uh-oh, did, did I hear right there, your son? Yeah, my son's in his 40s, left three teenagers. I said, was he depressed? He said, no, he said, he was my strongest kid, never showed a moment of down in the dumps, just disappeared on Monday morning for two hours, and my son found him. So the first thing I go is, there's no danger I can speak on the oil of gladness. How can I speak? be so insensitive to speak on joy or the oil of gladness. I, 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 and I was in a spin, and the Holy Spirit said, don't you dare. If I give you something to say, you say it, and leave the consequences to me. And so, and he gave me a sentence to kick it off. I said, you know, the oil of gladness is not the absence of disaster. The oil of gladness is the moment God shows up in the midst of your disaster. Well, the first man to come running after me at the end of the meeting was this man. We embraced, we hugged, and he said, I, I, I came tonight, uh, I shouldn't have come, but I came and I'm going home with fresh rain. I'm going home with oil. I'm going home with fresh hope. I never thought, I, I, I just assumed I would have to wait 10 years for the moment of disaster to pass. But I've discovered that the best moment to receive the oil of refreshing gladness is in that moment of disaster. Let's give it up for the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what he's like. So if you're... If you've had a moment of disaster in your life, a moment of breakdown, a moment of separation, or a moment of dryness, this message just might be for you. So it's a bit like times of refreshing part two, but there's no way I could add to what Alan's already preached because it was so, so good. But here they go. Times of refreshing are the seasons in history when God comes down and the whole game changes. Times of refreshing and... And, and, and before anybody thinks, well, you're talking pie in the sky, I've heard about this stuff that might come, but it never comes. I look back on my life, 
uh, my Christian life, and I can think of seven different seasons when God showed up. When, when uh, Arthur Blessed came to Dunfermline, the Jesus people and the queues were all the way round the Carnegie, into the, where the bus station is now. And, and we've even applied, at least one person today still in the church that got saved in that move of God. And we had the John Wimber outpouring. We had the Toronto and the Pensacola. And we had Argentina. I could think of seven occasions in my life where a time of refreshing showed up from the Holy Spirit. So it's easy for me to have faith for an eighth one. Can we say amen, guys? Come on. And uh, a time of refreshing is when God comes down. And oftentimes what happens is multitudes of people come to Jesus in that moment. Miracles galore take place and demons flee. Whole cities and nations are transformed. And I just, I've, been, I'm, I've been just studying all the game changers in history. Because when God is about to spark a time of refreshing... He first looks for a game changer. A game changer is a person or a people group. He looks for them and he hooks them. He sets them on fire. I picked four in history. Two biblical history and two modern history. We're going to fire through them. Their names, you may have heard of most of them. The first one I want to look at is Haggai. The second one is Haugah. The third one is Elijah. And the fourth one is Claudio. Four game changers. God showed up. And he showed up in the moment of disaster for all of these four guys. And the result of God showing up in their moment of disaster was unbelievable outpouring of the presence and the refreshing of the living God. We're going to go to Scripture and kick off in Haggai 2, verse 6. Haggai 2, verse 6. And uh, we've got this amazing promise. And as I read out this promise, it's not a sin to take it and imply the, the, the principle of it, not the logistics of it, the principle to your life. This is what the Lord God says. In a little while, I'll shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake all nations, and what is desired by all nations will come. And I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord Almighty. The silver is mine, the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. But the glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord God Almighty. And in this place, I will grant peace, declares the Lord God Almighty. And then there's this humdinging message, which I believe to be prophetic, in verse 19. It says, is there any seed in the barn? Now, he's saying this because he knows fine well there is none. We're in a barn season. We're in a low season. God's miffed. He's miffed big time. He has a time of refreshing, but he's holding it back because he's miffed. And he's asking a question, what he often does, that, you know, he's already gone to the end of the exam book like we used to do and read the answers. He said, is there any seed left in the barn? Until now, the vine and the fig tree and the pomegranate and the olive tree have not borne fruit. You know, when you've got nothing on your olives and you're nothing on your vines and nothing on your, your barn, 
you know it's disaster season. This was the moment that Haggai rose up and spoke into. And the, th the interesting thing is that God spoke these words to Haggai in a disaster season. The refreshing rain was there, but God makes it clear that he's holding it back. No seeds, no grapes, no pomegranate, no figs, no seed in the barn. Elijah was a game changer. He was in a season of his life that was like a disaster, a very, very dry season. It says in 1 Kings 17, I believe it is, that God shows up and provides a brook and food for him. He provides a little refreshing, a little stream of water, a little brook, and some food for him. And things are looking up. How many times have you been there when you think the disaster's over and God showed up, we got a little break, and then bang. It says there, all of a sudden, the brook dried up. That's when you know it's a disaster season when you think it's a bit of hope, and then bang, it all changes. A dry brook season is simply a season of negativity, a season of negative responses and results. How many know what a season of negative looks like? Come on, guys. Let's give us a hand here. We all know what that season looks like. That's a dry brook season. So we see Haggai was, had the dry brook season, Elijah, and now to Hauga. Has anybody in this room ever heard of a man called Hans Nielsen Hauga before? Help me. Anybody heard of this guy? It's spelled H. A-U-G-E, but pronounced Hauga. Hauga is one of my new heroes because in Norway in the 1700s, Norway was like one of the poorest countries in the whole world. Poor. Farmers were poor. The people were poor. The churches were poor. And one farmer, boy, called Hauga, got a moment of refreshing when he was out on the field. God shows up and touches his life with that fire we've just been singing about and fills him with his spirit. Hauga was awesome. Hauga, from that moment, decided everybody needs to know about this refreshing. Norway, in this moment of time, historians tell us, was one of the poorest countries. God shows up. When Hauga was finished, I'll come back to him in a moment, by the time he was finished, Norway was officially one of the richest countries in the whole world per head per capita through what God did, and most historians attribute that to the work and the moment of refreshing in the life of Hauga's life. Let's get up for Hauga. It's good to honor the past. Come on, guys. It's good to favor the future, but it's just as important to, to, to honor the past. We know Elijah and the 400 prophets of Baal, the greatest battle, one of the greatest battles. He needed an outtouch from God, and God came down. One of my other heroes in history is Claudio. Claudio Friesen. 
He was a young man. Keep in mind, we're talking Falklands War. We're talking country lost war. We're, we're talking country in mourning and in financial stress. We're talking a country in disaster. The whole country was in the press. The churches were pretty much empty and the prisons were full. There was no prison wardens. The mafia and the druggies ran the prisons. We're talking disaster time in the heart of Argentina. And the Holy Spirit comes and touches the life of Claudio Friesen and sets him on fire. Claudio thought, that's it now. The time of refreshing is coming. When I start preaching, the whole country is going to be on fire. That's not the way it worked in Claudio's life. Claudio preached to seven people for seven solid years. Seven people, seven years, and most of them were old grannies who just told him he was brilliant every week. That's what grannies do. Seven people and international speakers would come and say, can we come to your house or your church? He would say no, because he had nothing in his church and he had nothing in his house. He had second-hand clothes, no running water, no heating, and for seven years, he was in a dry season. He was in a dry brook. Argentina was nowhere spiritually. And one day, a time of refreshing came. His, his mentor came to visit his church. He didn't want to let the mentor in. And he didn't, want, he didn't want to see what he sees. And his mentor took him outside and said, he took him outside the church, and what do you see? He says, what do I see? I see disaster. That's what I see. I see nothing. I see dampness and coldness and no refreshing. That's what I see. I see nothing. And in that moment, the Holy Spirit touched his life. And from there on, whole prisons, whole prisons, thousands came to Jesus. Drug addicts and wardens, mafia guys ran away. The churches were full, packed to the seams by the thousands. Truth is, I don't, I don't believe half these stories. So we went down to Argentina to check it out for ourselves. Everything went down, numbers went down. And so, the first thing I want to ask is who are the game changers God chooses? Who are the game changers God chooses to spark a time of refreshings? The ones that God chooses to change the games are the ones that decide to be on fire. I don't know about you, but I love that when... All the songs, when George kicked that fire song on this morning, I thought, oh, yeah, beauty. In fact, could the band just come up and just um, get ready just now? And uh, just come up and, and, and just get ready a little bit now. And, and um, we may start the song in two minutes or 20, but let's just be ready, guys, because I want to sing that fire song again. Because the one God chooses are the ones that are choose to be on fire. To die at 50, 60, 90, whatever your age, but to die with the fires of God still burning in your bones is the greatest thing. And I was preparing this morning, I was thinking of that term people use of standing on the shoulders of giants. 
I remember when God touched my life in, in the early years, and I remember him sending along uh, Lenny Turk, Adrian Turk, the two Turk brothers, and Carol Muriel, and Ian Dora, and Kay, and and, 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 and years to come, it would be Alan and Sally and, and, and Linda and so many people. And I look back on those days. And I often thank God I'm here. Not because of me. Not because of my wife. Not because I'm here because I got to stand on the shoulders of giants. These were men on fire. They had far more, especially our Lenny guy, Adrian, when they got started, they... They were, they were nipping my head because they had a hunger for more of God and more of the Holy Spirit, and more of his refresh. And I was like, how much more do you want? We've got great fellowship, great friends every Thursday night with Ian and Kay and Audrey and a whole load of guys. And we've got the Bible and we're winning souls. What more do you, what's wrong with you? But they had a burning fire and a sense there is more. There is more. There is a Holy Spirit and there's a fire and there's a presence of God. And I'm so grateful because if they didn't push me, annoy me, and kick my butt at times, I would not know what the fire is. So let's give it up and honor the past for those, because we get to stand on the shoulders of those who put nails in the walls and came here night after night into the last place. So it's great to honor that, guys, and honor the past. So... You check out any of the game changers in history. They were men or women on fire. Now, here's the thing. It was not easy street for Hauga. Any more than it's easy street for you and me. Hauga was jailed, they reckon, no more or no less than 11 times. He was jailed 11 times because the priest didn't like farmers preaching, only priest preaches, and then the government didn't like what he was preaching. So they put him in jail 11, some say 7, some say 11 times. They put him in jail. And somehow, on skis in between times, he managed to get a Bible in every single house in Norway. On skis. And somehow, he was like the Gideons of the day, Rob. You know, he was, he, was, he, was that, he was the forerunner, maybe, I don't know. But, but somehow, from his skis, he got a Bible into every house. They jailed him. Somehow, in between his jail sentence and during, he wrote 30 amazing books on the life of God. Hauga sadly died at 53 years of age because he got so ill with such bad treatment in the prison. But by the time he was finished getting the Bible and the gospel and multitudes coming to Jesus, what he would do was he would go to a town and he would start a prayer house. He would start a church or a prayer house. That's what he would do. And then he would find all the people with businesses and he would say, do you know what? You need to go and buy that field and start this kind of business. Do you know what? You, you should go over there. You should go over there and start like He did it everywhere. And he helped people that didn't know what to do left or on. He helped them do two things, get on fire for Jesus and start brand new businesses. And they reckon that Norway, and even to this day, when you go to Norway, 
every second person you meet is an entrepreneur. Even the pastors are building 20 houses. It's just insane. Why don't we give it up for Hauga? It's awesome to have men that have paid the price. Witnesses we can look to. So, last Sunday morning, I preached in one of those houses. It was great. It was tremendous. And I finished preaching and I said, you know, tell me something about this church. And they said, oh, we, 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 we just meet every second week. I said, what? You know, the worship was good. The message was good. Everyone was good. You only meet second. Why do you only meet every second week? Well, you know, some of it's kind of busy in Norway. I spoke to a member this week. fastest growing megachurch movement in the UK. And they said when the leaders plan their conferences and their events, they plan on members only showing up once every two weeks because nobody goes to church every week anymore. And I said, well, I do. <laughs> and, um, and so... The second thing I want to touch on for a moment is what are the conditions? What are the conditions that God puts in place when he's preparing his people for a fresh outpouring of his presence? What are the conditions God puts in place when he's getting ready? In Haggai 1 it says, in the second year King Darius... On the first day of the sixth month, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Haggai, to Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to jo Joshua, son of Jehoshadak, the high priest. This is what the Lord says. These people say the time has not come yet to build the house of the Lord. Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. He said, is it time for yourselves to be living in paneled houses while God's house remains a ruin? Give careful thoughts to your ways. Five times he says that brilliant statement in two chapters. Give careful thoughts to your ways. Because you planted much, but you got no fruit. And he's miffed. And he makes it clear, I'm holding back the dew. I'm holding back the refreshing until the conditions are right. What conditions? Honor and respect are the conditions for an outpouring of the living God. Honor and respect. Therefore, verse 10, it says, because of the heavens have withheld their due. So the, 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 the refreshing is there. It's there. It's just, it's just withheld. It says they've withheld their due and the earth its crops he says, I called for a drought on the fields and the mountains, the grain, the wine, the oil, and everything else, and the people and the livestock. God withholds refreshing to honor and respect. I believe God is about to pour out number eight season of refreshing in the United Kingdom. But first, honor and respect has to come back. When, when we grew up, in Christianity. It was drummed into us. You honor God with the first. With the first part of your week, that's when we gather. With the first part of your wallet, 
That's when you give. With the first part of your day when you spend time seeking the Lord. When you honor the living God and the house of God and the presence of God and the worship of God. I put a list of things here, conditions. Very quickly, I'll fire through them. When you honor, you have honor and respect for a holy God and his people. You put them first. When you have honor and respect for a holy God and his people. When you have honor and respect for his bride, the church. Here's one you've maybe not heard me preach in a handful of times in 40 years. You ready for this one? When you honor and respect those in authority. Whew, Europe doesn't like this one. Hebrews 17 says, have confidence in your leader and submit to authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy and not a burden. That would be of no benefit to you. Have confidence. Claudio had a big problem when he first started. He was on fire. He was waiting for that moment, empowerment. He, he had the world's idea of empowerment, which is basically if you've got a wee talent, get him a road and give him the position or give him the platform, I'm your man. That was his thing. And he had an announcement from the director of his seminary that tomorrow we're handing out the new jobs. And he was all excited because he was convinced he was going to get to lead the band or at least be the choir director. And he, he was all excited, and the director came to him, and he handed his envelope, and he was so excited because it said at the top, leader of the toilet cleaning. He was furious. He threw it down, and he basically said, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. And the director said, that's okay. You don't have to do it. It's not a problem. And one hour later, he saw the old director on his hands and knees with a scrubber scrubbing the toilets. And he was completely broken from his pride in that moment and said, no, no, I'm going to be the best toilet cleaner in this church. Is it any surprise that that's the man that God chose to, as one of the men to spark Great revival, time refreshing in Argentina. Empowerment is when God chooses. You don't promote somebody in the hope that they'll be faithful. You look for those that are faithful, the Bible says, and you promote them. It's beautiful. And here's the thing. When we met Claudio, Elm, and I, the fire of God that was on him was unbelievable, but he was full of humility and full of respect. Here's another one. Honor and respect for the stranger. Honor and respect for the stranger. Honor and respect. When the revival was blazing in Argentina and Claudio's church had gone to thousands, the director came back to see him. And he was expecting to be congratulated and 
get some great news. And when he saw what was happening, and the director said to him, I've just got one question. He said, uh, oh, yeah, what's your question? What's your question? He said, when do you take time, Claudio, to listen to the Holy Spirit and obey his instructions? He was like, I was completely wrecked and ruined at that moment because I suddenly realized I was living on yesterday's refreshing. And he was giving me a heads up. Yesterday's oil was going to run out fast. You need to come daily and be refreshed by the Holy Spirit and receive a fresh anointing and fresh oil every single day. Proverbs 16, 24. Someone put this, a great friend put this great line up the other day. Gracious speech is like clover honey, good taste to the soul, and quick energy for the body. Now, we know that's in reference to each other, but I'm telling you, there is a small, still, gracious voice, stroke speech of the Holy Spirit, that when he speaks, like the moment I told you about of turmoil in Norway, when I decided I can't preach that, I must find something else to preach in 60 seconds. When the Holy Spirit gives you that whisper in your ear, in a loving fatherly way that gracious speech goes down through you like clover honey it feeds your soul and brings you peace and it energizes your body here's the thing no matter what happened you still matter you may feel so low refreshing couldn't come to you but my message today has a question, and then it has an answer. The question is, where is your fire? Where is your fire? Now, you and I could play the blame game. Do you know, in every country in the world, when anything goes missing, let me give you a little secret what happens in churches all over Europe. When anything goes wrong in any church, anything, anything, guess who's to blame? Not the pastor, the youth. That's the youth again. <laughs> if a door's broke, that's the youth again. Like adults don't break doors, eh? If there's a mess on the floor, that's the youth again. If, if there's a wire missing, that's youth again. Why do we say that? Because it usually is the youth. No, I'm just joking. Just joking. But I'm one for going, do you know what? When you're in a team, sometimes you do what the Bible says. You cover one another's sins. So the next time you go to the toilet and you see the baskets overflowing with papers, you don't go, hey, that's, that's Robert to blame again. You go, do you know what? The man's could do with a break. I'll just pick these papers, put them somewhere else, or I'll squash them down, I'll fix that. There's a bottle on the floor, I'll pick that up as on my way out. There's a little bit. Everybody needs a little hand up now and again. And there's an easy way to make each other's job. It's what you call honoring and respecting one another. When the fire is this size, You'll show up 
every second week, if you're lucky. When your fire is this size, honor and respect goes down with it. When your fire is low, everybody's to blame for your fire being low. Well, if only they honored me more, if only they respected me more, if only they picked a better song, if they only had a Spaniard rather than a Brazilian, if they only had Ghana rather than China, you know, everybody has a reason for not having the fire. But when you meet Jesus face to face and he asks you one single question, where is your fire? The fires of love in my heart for you have never, ever, ever gone down. They still blaze like a furnace. You're still the apple of my eye. You're still the one I gave my son for and I died for. Yes, life has disappointed you. Yes, things have not quite worked out. Yes, you've been on the receiving end of non-speech, ungracious speech, and even the queen's speech. But who is responsible for the fire? Is it the one that let you down? Is it the one that didn't promote you? Is it the one that gave you the instruction? You know, I meet people who for 40 years live in bitterness because that leader didn't give them the counsel they felt was right. Claudio was convinced the counsel wasn't right. In fact, my wife gives me counsel every single day. And after 40 years of marriage, I'm still convinced it isn't right. (laughs) And her only answer is, okay, continue to be a public plonker if you like, but one day you'll take my advice. The fire. What happened to the fire? Where is the fire? And here's the thing. I shut that too quickly. No one else can get the fire for you. Somebody says to Reiner Bonke once, could you pray for me so I get your anointing? He says, no, get your own. Why would you want mine? Why go to a second-hand shop when you can go to the new shop? Get your own. And I just want to encourage every single one of you I know you might be in the moment of disaster right now. You may be at the dry brook. Things may have fallen apart for you. Don't let yourself off the hook. Don't think, oh, well, so-and-so's to blame, or that's to blame, or this to blame, or that. Please, please, please ask yourself the question, where is your fire? And take 100% responsibility for your own fire. Ask God, seek God. You know, I don't listen very much to English-speaking music anymore. I listen to foreign stuff, and I'll tell you why. I find sometimes the words get in the way of what my heart is saying to God. You don't have to. I'm just weird, right? That's fine. You don't have to do that. But that's, I just do it because I'm weird. But I listen to a worship leader, a Mexican guy called Marcus Witt. I don't have a clue what he's saying, but I know he's on fire. I know every now and again there's a gracious and senior chucked in there, so I know it's something to do with gratitude to God. 
But the words didn't get in the way. The fire on the music and the fire in his heart and the fire in his playing. I just played non-stop. I played non-stop because I want to stay in the fire non-stop. And the words don't get in the way. I love words and it's great. And but sometimes they get in the way because, you know, in the Bible it talks about praying with inexpressible. And sometimes you don't know what to express and sometimes words get in the way. But when your spirit connects with the spirit of God, even on the way here this morning, I had some interruptions, but I had a blazing, just anointed music filled with fire in the presence of God. Marcus Sweat, you should check it out. But get, you get your own foreign ones. But please, before you go home today, let me finish with this. Do not, please, 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 do not go to sleep tonight until you've asked yourself the question, where is the fire? The worst thing on the face of the earth is not to die a failure, but to die a damp squib. When you're a wee boy, the greatest disaster in life is a damp squib. You've got all your mates, it's bonfire night, it's brilliant, and you light the thing, and you're waiting for the most exciting moment of your whole life. Bang, it's damp, squab, damp firework, a damp firework. Are you a damp firework? Or if God touches you in this moment with a spark, where you go bang, because you're ready. Your gunpowder is ready. So... Here's the thing. This week, get your gunpowder ready. Ask God for a fresh, burning hunger in your heart for Him. Ask Him this week for a fresh, burning fire in your heart for His presence and His glory. Ask Him to give you a fresh, burning love and passion in your heart for His bride, the church. And ask Him to give you a fresh, burning Hunger for the voice of the Holy Spirit. And finally, ask Him to give you a heart and hunger for the poor. No matter what, you matter. God has put a game changer inside every single one of you. Nothing's holding you back. No one's holding you back. No lack is holding you back. You and I are 100% responsible. Apart from George on his guitar in a minute. For the fire. Give us some fire, George. Let's stand together. I'm going to say a prayer. If you face disaster in your life, if you face betrayal, if you face a dry season, you may be in that dry season right now. I want to encourage you. A game changer is born in the moment of disaster. A game changer is born in the moment of dry season. A game changer is not born on the mountaintop. He's born in the valley of depression and darkness and betrayal and difficult times. If you've been in a season of depression or dark times or difficult times or betrayals or confusion, you even feel I've sinned so much, God has passed me by. You might think your dreams have crashed, you've failed God. I'm telling you now, God loves 
to show up in your moment of disaster and turn your dry brook into the most refreshing, wonderful new season of your life. And I'm prophesying right now, I'm risking a prophecy that for you guys out there, this year can be, will be, should be, and has to be the most refreshing season of your whole life because God promised to Haggai, I will bless you. I will bless you. I will bless you. And it begins with you putting yourself back into the center of the fires of the love and passion of the living God. With every eye closed, with every eye closed, that respect and honor for each other. If you've been in a moment of disaster, if you've had a moment of disaster in your life you've, you've still not recovered from, if you've been in a dry season and you want the brook of the Holy Spirit, you want a new, you've been in a season of confusion, you feel a failure because you used to be on fire for God and you've lost the fire, and you don't think you're worth it anymore. I want to say a quick prayer for you guys. So if that's you with every eye closed, raise your hand quickly. Raise your hand. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Anybody else? Come on. Raise your hands high. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. The season of disaster is over. The refreshing is here now. I hear Christians all over the world saying the best is yet to come. I don't believe that no more. I don't believe the best is yet to come. I just don't believe it. I just don't believe it. Do you know why I don't believe it? I'll tell you why I don't believe it. Because the best is here now. I'm standing here preaching to the best people I know in the world. I've got the best musicians behind me. I've got the best friends, the best kids, the best atmosphere, the best country. Yo-hoo. This is the season and the time of refreshing. Father God, would you touch every person in this room right now that knows what a dry brook looks like that knows what a dry brook feels like. And I would ask you, that is to sing this song and ask you to bring fresh fire, fresh fire, fresh fire, that we all repent like Alan asked us to do, repent, time refreshments will come, that we all repent because we let the fire go out. We let the, nobody put their fire out. Nobody else is to blame. We let the fire go out. Forgive us for that, God. Send your fire once again into these dry bones. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give it up and applaud the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's come on, guys. Let's give it up. Get something in.